Today's daf is daf non hey. Page 55, the Heligam Masech Zadar, we pick up from the very top, the Mishnah, a fascinating and beautiful, illuminating daf, just as written time for Hanukkah, Hanoider min Dogon. A person who makes a neder, he is not going to eat Dogon. Okay, what is Dogon? So the word Dogon literally means smoothed out piles. It's generally referring to grains that are brought into, you know, that are uh, cut down from the field and brought in to the... Um, storehouses and smoothed out into piles. So generally, Dagon is going to refer to grain. But in Hyderabad, he says, I'm making a vow, no Dagon. Guess what? Says the Mishnah, even dried out Egyptian beans are going to be forbidden. Okay. In other words, says that even though I agree, dried out Egyptian beans are not grain, but since they are handled the same way as grain, people may use it because they do pile them up as well. And that's the literal meaning of the word dugan. That's why when we said the word dugan, I didn't translate it immediately as grain. We wanted to get into a little bit of the root of the word because that explains Rameer's opinion. However, they say no. Granted, Dagon smoothed out pile can refer to the dried out Egyptian beans. However, when people use the expression Dagon, when we first read this Mishnah, any of us who had come across the word Dagon before, in our mind, we were thinking grain. And therefore, since we follow the, the way the mind works when a word is used, they say the Egyptian dried out beans are going to be okay. Remeir says, That's Machlekes number one. What if instead of saying, I'm forbidding Dagon, he says, I'm forbidding myself from Tavua. Then, now Tavua is also grain. Then Remeir says, I agree, it does not include the dried out Egyptian beans. This is specifically the five types of grain. Okay, five types of grain, wheat, oat, barley, rye, and spelt. The lost the place. I'm sorry. Aval uh, But if you make a, a nether from dogon, then anything that's smoothed out in the pile is going to be forbidden. However, when it comes to fruits and greens, they are not included, even though they are produce of the ground. Okay. See, according to Rameer's opinion, he says Dagon means anything that's smoothed out. Ask the Gemara, that's not true. It's not true. Masib Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef challenges Rameer and he says, I'll show you from a Pasuk. The Chif writes, Hadavar Hirbub Neiso, Rashis Dagon, Tirais, Riyitzar, Bechos, Vuasada, Larive, Ve Goimer. Yeah. So he says like this. Now we're just reading the, if you look in the Pasuk on the side, let's just jump to the side to read the entire Pasuk. Uh, okay? There's a whole list over there. Now, what do we list over there? We list the grain, we list the wine, we list the oil, we list the honey, we list the produce. And anything that is called tavua sasada umaiser, anything you take miser from, hakol l'roi veviu. What does it mean hakol l'roi veviu? They brought all these things. Now, viyam retagon called to be that mashma. Even though dagon means anything that's piled together, my kifreitz hadaber hirbu. What does it mean? Something that they gave a lot of. Yeah, what, what are you coming from? It says v'chol sabuah sasada. V'chol sabuah means we're including mamish everything. Amar Abai, Abai said, no, Rabbi Yisav is challenging our mayor. 
to say that Dagon, since we separated in the Pasuk, is obviously going to be different here as well. Don't tell me it includes anything that's piled up. Amar Abayi says that Rabbi Yosef's Talmud, that's coming to include fruits of the tree and yarak and greens that we learned about in the previous Mishnah. These things are never brought into the granary and therefore they're never going to be included in Dagon. So that's what it means, the Dagon and anything else grow in the field, i.e., for example, the fruits, the greens, fine. Reb Meir says, a person who is neither minatvua, a person makes another from grain, etc. Amar Abiyachin, Abiyachin says, Hakomaydim, everyone agrees, binaydar minatvua, when a person makes another, saying they're going to refrain from eating tvua, she'in asr alamechamesha, samin, it only includes the five species of grain. There's no machlaikas, everyone's equal, everybody's in agreement. If you make a vow, you're not going to eat grains. It doesn't apply to beans or anything else. Everyone's going to agree it's only the five grains. Okay, you didn't tell me a chiddush. There was we didn't see a machlaikas about that either. And the Gemara, no, it's not so simple because Mahu the Teva, I would have thought to say Tavua, the word Tavua, call Mile Mashma. Now this is a fascinating uh, is a, a fascinating approach, which you really need some of the mafarshim and the understanding of the Pasuk for. If you look through the Pasuk, uh, let, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Again, I would like to say, Tvua means anything that grows. And therefore, if you, if you say, I'm making a vow from eating Tvua, you can't eat anything. Kamash Malan, the Chiddush of the Bryce is, Deloi, Mashma, Komili. It doesn't, uh, it's not referring to everything. Okay. Now, if you look at the word Tvua in the Pasuk, and we said this in the Pasuk, the whole Tavua Sada Umaiser. This is when we read the Pasuk earlier. If you look at the Mepharshim, on what Tavua Sada means, Tavua, they'll translate it as the gains of the field. So since Tavua, granted, we refer to it as the five grains, but it could mean any gain, not the grain, any gain of a field, guess what? So I'll say anything that a field produces that nets. A gain is going to be included because I said I'm abstaining from any gain. That means anything that has that's uh, even remotely connected to this field that is going to bring about some sort of gain to me is going to be usher. So kamashlo and the chiddush here is no. Again, since I said tvua and we follow the way people use that word tvua, um, any gain of the field is going to be mutter, but every grain of the field is going to be usher because that's how people use it. Musaf regaisiv. Vaisif says, I don't understand. This is the Pasuk that we, that we uh, read before. And um, they, uh, in order to follow through on the matter, Hirbu Bnei Yisrael, Bnei Yisrael gave a lot of their Dagon and their Tavua. So over here, um, the word Tavua means everything. It doesn't only mean grain. Amarava, no, Tavua Lechud, Tavua Sada Lechud. It depends if you use the word Tvua or Tvuas Ha Sada. Tvuas Ha Sada, since we're mentioning the field, will apply to anything that grows in the field. However, if you say the word Tvua itself, that's going to be limited to the Chamesha Samina. Okay, fine. That was very good clarity. Now, again, keep in mind that going back to everything that we're learning, and the Gemaras and the Mishnayis here are just getting more specific to guide us through, but the, we're, we're sticking with the overarching idea. If you use a word in a vow, you're going to be obligated in whatever connotations that vow has. Okay. Listen to this beautiful 
beautiful story, how it starts, and the messages that we take, how it, uh, how ultimately it ends. Bar Marshmuel Pocket. Bar Marshmuel gave orders. Orders. He gave instructions. What were his instructions? To listen, Chlesar Alfezuze Lerova, that he wants to leave behind 13,000 Zuz to Rava. He wanted Rava to be part of his uh, will. Want to leave behind money. Where's the 13,000 Zuz going to come from? Min Alalta, from the Alalta to Nahar Panya of Nahar Panya. Okay. So those are his specific instructions. The Alalta of Nahar Panya. Okay. Amar Yasef. So I'm sorry. Shalcha Rava, the Kameh of Yasef. So Rava, who's now supposed to be inheriting this, the Alalta from this place called the Harpanya, he sent the Shiloh to Yosef. Alalta Hechi Mekaria. What is Alalta? He wrote Alalta. What is that? I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to collect. I know what value I'm allowed to collect, but where? Okay. Amar Rabbi Yosef. Masnisi, I'll tell you what Alalta is. Learned that from Babraisa. The Shavin, everybody agrees. If somebody makes a vow that they're not going to eat Tavu, it only applies to the five species. Wheat, barley, oat, spelt, and rye. Shabai says to his Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, Me dummy, I don't understand. Tavua implies the Chamesh Aminim. Alalta, and now here's how we're going to connect this back. He says, applies, he, this is a word for gain. Similar to tvua, but having a stronger connotation of gain as opposed to grain. And he says, how, why are you answering Rava that he can only collect from the five species of grain that, that Bar Marshmul, that Marshmul's son left behind? Really, he should be allowed to collect from things that bring any sort of gain. Okay? So, Adru Lekamei de Rava. So, they told what Abayi said to Rava. Again, Rava sent the child to Rabbi Yisif. He basically gave him an answer. And Abayi says, you know, I don't uh, I disagree with my Rabbi's answer. Omar. So, Rava says, Halaikami Bayili. He says, listen to what he sends back. To both Abayi and Rabbi Yisif. You didn't understand my question. You didn't understand my question. I said, you know, alalta hechi mekaria. Those are my words. Let me explain to you. It's more nuanced than that. I'm a Talmud Chacham. I understand. The alalta komile mashma. I understand that alalta implies anything, any any gain. Hadahu the iboyli. Rather, here's my question. Hadahu. This is iboyli. My question. Schar bottom schar is my. Here's what I want to know. In the hard panya, there were homes. And there were ships, and apparently um, the son of Marshmuel left behind a lot of property and a lot of things that uh, a lot of items and ships that would get rented out, and there was profit. Now listen to this. This is so incredible. Me Amrinon Kivan Do we say that since you know anything in nature, anything in physics, physics immediately? immediately deteriorates, right? It goes, it starts to get ruined. As soon as it's built, it's already on its way to destruction. Fascinating conversation. came up in, in Bovavi last week with, uh, with uh, 
Ruben Axelbaum, right? He's getting all, all, all excited about this one it, in, in physics. I mean, it's, it's an incredible concept. How you build something up and it immediately is going to start deteriorating unless you reinforce and you keep it up. It's mamish like life. You, you build something up and then if you don't reinforce it, it's going to naturally start to go down. The physical and spiritual mamish work side by side. He says, what I want to know is like this. Since they deteriorate, alalta means gain. Maybe I'm not allowed to take the income from it because it's not called gain. Maybe since people don't, it's a very slow process. Maybe the rental income that does come in is considered gains. And that's my shayla. My shayla is, was more about the what income, when it comes from a physical entity, is that called gains that I could take from, that Marshmul was leaving to me, the mar- bar Marshmul was leaving to me, or not? So listen to what happens. Amru Rabbanu Yosef, they told Rava's nuanced question back to Rabbi Yosef, and Omar, the chimiachad shalachlan, and ikbid Rabbi Yosef. He, he got very upset about Rava's question. He says, Rava, you're such a Talmud Chacham. Really? Stop asking me. You're just hacking me a Chinook. Yeah? He says, if you don't really need me, and you're not going to pronounce your questions properly, and I'm going to give you an answer, and you're going to say, but that's what He says, he basically was very mocked about this. He felt like, like he was played a little bit. That Rava wasn't asking his question clearly. Shama Rava. So Rava heard. I, I just find this to be beautiful. I find this to be amazing because... We all do this when we ask questions. And this is not a challenge on Rabbah, chas v'shalom. But notice, it is, it is our achrayas, it's our responsibility. If you ever ask a question to somebody, ask the question the right way. Ask it the right way. Otherwise, you're going to get any answer that's not necessarily MS to the question that you should have asked. And it's not the answerer's fault. The one who responds, not their fault. You just didn't ask the question right. Shama Rabbah. So Rabbah heard that Rabbi Yosef was ikbid. That Rabbi Yosef was upset about this. So he came to him right before Yom Kippur. You want to ask Mechila, what's the halacha? Yom Kippur's mechaper, you have to go and ask forgiveness. Rabbi felt that Rabbi, you know, he, he, he wronged Rabbi Yosef, he should have done better. So he came to ask Mechila. And he found the Shamish, the helper of Rabbi Yosef, that he was um, diluting the kais, the chamra of wine. So back then they used to have like a wine concentrate and they would have their helpers uh, prepare the wine properly. So Rav comes to Rabbi Yosef's house to ask Mechila and he sees Rabbi Yosef's uh, helper uh, preparing the wine. So Omar, he says to the helper, uh, uh, Omar Leh, he says to the helper, Havli, the mozik Leh. He says, please, let me be the one to do this. I want to serve Rabbi Yosef. Yeah, he wants to come to Rabbi Yosef. Now remember, Rabbi Yosef had gotten very sick. Had, remember, we had the story, Rabbi Yosef had gotten very sick. He forgot his learning, and he ended up blind. And then Abaye retaught Rabbi Yosef all the Torah, but Rabbi Yosef remained blind. So he says, uh, uh, you know, I want to mix it for him. And he gave it to Rabbi Yosef himself, diluted the wine for Rabbi Yosef and prepared it. Kikoshasi, when Rabbi Yosef was drinking the wine, Omar, he said, Hadein Mizga, this dilution, Dami Lemizga the Rava braid Rabbi Yosef Bar Seems to be like, it's diluted like Rava, 
the son of Rabbi Yosef, the son of Chama. Now, how would Rabbi Yosef have known this? So there's a Gemara that the Ran brings down in um, that Rava has a psak about the proper measurements to dilute wine to give it a status of wine. So Rabbi Yosef was able to pick up, as people who are blind, they actually have a much greater uh, sense than others. He was able to pick up that the, the numbers within the dilution was like Rava's psak. He says, whoever diluted this was using like Rava's mahalach, which is, he didn't even know it was Rava. But everything to him, and this is, so I was like, everything to him is Torah. Some people, you talk to them, some like, they're just, people are getting through and through. You say something, some people you say a word and they start thinking about this song and that thing and that, and some of whatever. And then you talk to, everything turns into Torah. Everything turns into Torah. So he's taking a sip of wine, he says, ah, he's thinking about the Torah of Rava. Yeah, the dilution. Huh? This is a different Rav Yosef. What do you mean? Rav Yosef Barcham is different than Rav Yosef the Egypt. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Rava was the son of Rav Yosef, who was the son of Ham. He's explaining what Rava is, yeah. So, Omar Lei, who ni So Rava says, yeah, it's me. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Omar Lei, Rav Yosef says, like, Taste do not sit on your knees. Meaning, don't sit down. Adam Ali Pirusha Dadim Milsa. Until you've explained... The following pasuk to me is a beautiful pasuk. Ever listen closely? My dixiv, what's the shot in the pasuk which says when Klai is traveling in the midbar, me midbar matana. When we encamped, we went from the midbar to matana, omi matana from the place called matana. Nachlia went to nachlia, omi nachlia, nachlia bomis. What's the underlying message of the names of these places? Omar lay Rava says, kibon midbar. When a person is referring to Tyre Hever, when a person makes himself like a desert, meaning. Open, no biases, willing to give themselves over to everybody else, be trampled upon, be humble like a desert, teach Tyra to everybody. There's no boundaries, there's no fences. I'm here for Klai Yisrael. Shehu Mufkar Lakol, he makes all Hefkar to everybody. Tyra and it like a matana. The Rabbanishan will give him Tyra as a matana. Umi Midbar, then you'll get a, you'll get a matana. Kshinamar, mi Midbar matana. The Kibon, the Litnai matana. Once you got it as a gift, Nichalai Kale. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give it to you. As an inheritance. I want to explain what inheritance is. This is very, very, this is profound. As everything is. But this is why. What's the difference between a heritage and an inheritance? A heritage is... My Russia Kehilas Yaakov. Tyra Tivlana My Russia it's a heritage Kehilas Yaakov. For most Yidin, the Tyra is a heritage. A heritage is, you get something from a previous generation, you're obligated to pass it on in the same exact way. The same form that you received it, a heritage, you pass it on the same way. For most Yidin, that's our achrayis, that's our responsibility. There's unique Yechidim who receive it as an inheritance. What's an inheritance? You inherit something and now you can invest in it, you can tweak it, you can, you, you can personalize it. If a, if a person makes up like a midbar, and this is Mamashar Gedailim, this is Archacham, the Rabbanisham says, I'm giving it to you. I trust you with my Torah. I trust you with my Torah. Go explain it. Go, go create boundaries around it. Go make it happen. It's an inheritance. Once you get it as a matana, the Rabbanisham trusts, us, trusts that person enough to get it as a gift, becomes an inheritance. But Kivan Shanachalukeil. Listen to this. And once you have that, you know what naturally happens? People respect it. You go up on the altar. Go up. 
But if you go up and you feel up, you're arrogant with it, you're done. From Bombay's to the valley. Which, okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Not only going to go to the valleys, you're going to go under the ground. Overlooking the wilderness. If you do tshuva, Baruch will lift him right back up. Shenamar ki gay inase from gay every valley inase will ultimately be raised up and this is the explanation that Rava gives to Rabbi Yosef when he's coming to ask mechila and Rabbi Yosef asks him you know I don't know if he's he, the Gemara that seemed he made the mechila dependent on it but he asked Rava and this is Rava's answer when I was learning this Gemara and I don't know if this is true because I'm just this, this is something that hit my mind I don't know I didn't ask my Rebbe what shaykes what shaykes you have a ma'isa Rava. Um, you know, Rava sends a child to Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef gives an answer, and then Rava says, "No, that wasn't my question. It wasn't my question at all. My question was about properties and uh, whether you know whether it's considered a gain, whether it's considered a profit, whether it's not considered a profit." Eh? And Rabbi Yosef's makbid, and then Rabbi Yosef, co- uh, and then Rava comes to ask Mechila, and he, this is his pshat. So I was thinking, what's the like? What uh, what's what's happening over here? Perhaps just a thought. Perhaps. This this story and Rava's pshat very much explains his his explanation of his question, because in his explanation of his question, look at what he says. He says that you know I want to know when it comes to rental properties and the boats that are being is that considered a loss because they go down in value according to physics, or is it considered a gain because it's going up? And over here, you might see the same thing, where in life. You have, and it, you, it goes up. You, you start in what it's, so everything's a process that's built up, built up, built up, built up, built up. And then you could, you're at the top, you're in the bum ice, and what happens? Boom. You can deteriorate fast. But then you can go right back. And this is very much connected, like we said when we were reading it originally, the physical and the spiritual are very much connected in this way. I don't, I, I don't have a shot. Why? Necessarily, I don't. I shouldn't say I don't understand completely. I'll tell you what I think a little bit. But the Bar Shalom made this world where it takes years and years and years and years to build anything, exactly. decades, and in seconds you're done. This is how the Bar Shalom made made spirituality. This is how the Bar Shalom made a physical world. This is how we made it. And look, I don't know if I, again, I don't know if, why a hundred percent why, but what I think is. What we can perhaps share is that because the Avaida in this world is to build. That's the Avaida in this world. The Avaida in this world is to create. The Avaida in this world is to build. And, and therefore, that takes time. That takes time. That's the Avaida. The Avaida is not to tear down. And if the Avaida is not to tear down, it can happen right away. For anything that's an Avaida, can come, it's, it's going to take, take Amelis. It's going to take effort. And the same Shiloh Rav is asking over there, he's explaining to Rabbi Yisif with his answer over here, that, that, you know, please understand why my question is so important to me. I want to know, even in the physical world, how we're going to view the, these type of rental properties and these types of uh, rental ships. Weiter. Top line on him, based on one of the price, and I did not dog on a person makes another, not going to eat dog on. Also, after the pile of Mitsuyavish, like our Mishnah. But now from dried uh, beans from Mitzrayim, mutabalach. But if it's fresh, it's wet, it's fine. Umutab ayres, you're allowed to eat rice. Bechilka, you're allowed to eat chilka. Betargis, you're allowed to eat targis. U betisni, and you're permitted 
to eat tisni as well. These are different types of crushed corn and wheat. Uh, I'm sorry, here it's not referring to wheat because you dug on, but the crushed corns and other, other growths. Okay, things that have kernels. It, it actually, Mephor Samir explained, it actually could be referring to wheat, but it's not type of wheat that people bring in to uh, process. A person who makes a nether from Perei Sashana. Perei Sashana is fruits that grew that year. Also, you know that eat fruits that grew that year. But you could have goats, sheep, milk, eggs, chickens, because these things also, we're talking about things that were born or grew that year. A person who makes a nether from peirais ha'aretz, from fruits of the land, you can have truffles and mushrooms. Okay, this gets into the fascinating, uh, 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 yeah, fungi. Yeah, the mushroom walks into a bar. He said, sorry, we don't serve mushrooms here. He said, but I'm a fungi. Okay. All right, it's a fungi. All right, dad joke. Um... So, uh, fine. Now, we know they make a shahakal on mushrooms. Why do they make a shahakal on mushrooms? Because even though they grow on the ground, they don't get their nourishment from the ground. Fine. But that's when it comes to the brachos. The shayla is when a person makes a nether of this peray saretz, maybe still, even though you can make a shahakal in it, maybe it's called something from the ground. Because the mice, that's where it grows on, even if it's nutrition, is not coming from, and that's what we're going to get into right now. That's going to be the conversation told the Mishnah. It says in Barbara Mini, I'll ask you a contradiction. And things that do not grow from the earth, you make a shahakol. Salt, salt water, truffles, mushrooms, because doesn't grow from the ground. See, it doesn't grow from the ground, so why? Is it usher if he says gedule karakolai? Answers the Gemara Amar Abayi Mirba Rabu Bay Ara. Note they grow from the ground, but minak ma'avir yonki lemar. The nutrition comes from the air; it doesn't go from the ground. Meaning, it could still be called, it could still be including gedule karakolai, but the nutrition doesn't come from the ground. I have a katani aldaver saying gedule mina aretz. We call it mushroom something that does not grow from the earth. Answers the Gemara Tani learn aldaver she'ain yonek mina aretz. On something that doesn't get its nursing, like a, a child that's yainik from the mother, something that doesn't get its nourishment, doesn't nurse from the earth, you make a shahakal. But so, but it may still be called something that grows from the earth. Beautiful. Okay. Here we go. Next Mishnah, another beautiful Mishnah, and now we're going to shift from food items. Right? We had peres, we had dairy, we had meat, we had all the fruits and all sorts of stuff. And then Person says, I'm making a vow, I'm not going to wear clothing. No clothing for me. Mutter besak, ubi aria, ubi chamin. You're still allowed to wear sock, you're allowed to wear sackcloth, you're allowed to wear uh, urea, um, which is like a, a general, we'll call this kind of a, a poncho type of thing, huh? A sheet, a toga. A toga, it's called? Yeah, like so in Rome, they used to wrap a sheet around you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wrap yourself in a sheet. And also, uh, also a chamila. Now, chamila is like a thicker fabric. So it's something, again, all these things are types of items that weren't generally, uh, weren't generally used as clothing fabric. They were used to hold potatoes. They were used to hold other things. Fine, but you're still allowed to cover with this because it's not going to be called clothing. If he says, I'm making a from any wool coming on me, you're still allowed to wear the the shearings of wool. What does that mean? Unprocessed. Okay, you're not, you're not allowed to wear processed wool, but you're allowed to wear unprocessed wool. Fine. Mutter, 
Hapishton Eilalai. Rabbi says, I'm making a nether that flax is not going to come on me. Mutlukuskas is Ba'anitse Pishton. He's let him cover himself with Anitse Pishton, which is stalks of flax. Again, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's not fully processed into what people would usually wear as clothing. Everything depends on the neither, the one who's speaking. Now this is a major, major groundbreaking statement right here. Because Rabbi Yehuda says the main thing that you need is not how people are going to understand it. The main thing you need to get into is the mind of the one making the vow. If somebody is carrying something, te'ina, and he's schwitzing, and he, he smells bad. He has a body odor. Omar, and he says, He said, I can't wear this clo- these clothing anymore. Okay, he's still allowed to use it, but he's not allowed to uh, tie them up and throw them over his shoulder. Okay, why? Because... What ha- what's happening is as follows. He says, you have a guy, he's dressed regular, it's a summer day, and he's carrying wool. He's carrying flax. He's carrying whatever. And as he's carrying, he says, oh, I'm never doing this again. I swear, I'm never putting a wool on me again. Well, you never put on, you can't wear clothing? No, you can still wear clothing, says Rebuda. Because since he was doing an action of carrying, and we know what he meant, that he was carrying uh, a wool on his shoulders, he absolutely is still allowed to wear it as clothing. Tiny learned in the Braisa, a person makes a net there from wearing clothing, or Mishnah, right? I mean, it's a Braisa, but it's similar to our Mishnah. You're allowed to wear sackcloth, this wraparound sheet, and Hamil. Now, again, it's not about how you wear it as much as it is the materials that it's made from. But also, you're not allowed to wear, and here's where the Braisa is adding on, the Punda, you're not allowed to wear a punda. A punda is a special type of belt that was very thick. It was very thick. And um, it, was, you know, it was kind of worn um, less as a covering and more as, um, more as like a, a vessel or a utensil that needs to be used. Ube um, piskia. A piskia is a, uh, apparently it's like a wider Type of belt uviscurtia, uvakatavlia, the anpilia, ufilnia, umichnasayim, the kaiva. You're allowed to wear, uh, the Ran goes through these things, the, you're allowed to wear things that are made out of leather. You're allowed to, it's, one is more processed, one is a, uh, a thicker leather that's worn as clothing. There's a different type of leather that you put on your shoes. And then there's uh, another type of uh, shirt that's smaller, kind of kind of like an undergarment that also could be made out of leather. Okay, and the mechnasayim uh, or pants, v'kayv has a hat. Fine, you're not allowed to wear these things. My iskorti, amarabarabina kisuna ditzala. It's a covering. Uh, it's a shirt that's made out of leather. Tanu lunter brisa yaitzim besak ova uvesagal ova. A person on Shabbos is allowed to wear a sack of a thick sackcloth, uvisug of a, and a and thick sugais as well. Okay, what's this? It's another type of sackcloth that's even harsher. Ubi you're allowed to wear a yaria, this wraparound sheet, chamila, chamila, because these things are kind of like raincoats. It's meant to protect 
uh, your body and your clothing from rain. Harayim yaitzim besakim. A person who's a shepherd is allowed to, since it was normal for him to wear sackcloth, this is mutter for him to wear on Shabbos. Again, the shaila over here is just which types of things that you put on yourself would be considered carrying as opposed to clothing. You're allowed to wear things outside without an Eruv on Shabbos. You're not allowed to carry. So something that would be considered wearing is okay. Carrying, no. Any person is allowed to wear sackcloth as well. But since it was most common for shepherds, the Chomim list shepherds. But again, the Gemara just throwing in when we're coming to Nadarim a, a, a similar and related brisa that has to do with Hochis Shabbos. Back to our Mishnah. Here we go. Four lines from the bottom. Rabbi Huda Aimer Hakol Lefi Hanai Derbechuler. Rabbi says it all depends on what's going on in the life and mind of the nighter. This guy says I'm not going to put wool on myself. Yeah, and he's schlepping wool and it's hot outside. It doesn't mean you can't wear wool because you know exactly what's going on in your mind. Says the Gemara. Time went by. So Kate said, "I'm Rabbi Huda Hakol Lefi Hanai Der." What did Rabbi mean when he said everything's going to the nighter? Hayalavo Shemer. If a person's wearing wool, they hate tsar and it's causing him tsar. It's causing him tsarais. Okay, the Omar. See, he says, "Kainam tzemer ayla alai." I make a kainam no more wool on me. Aser lovayish umosir l'tan. Since you're complaining about your clothing, you can't wear wool, but you can carry wool. Hayatoyim pished on vezia. Let's say he's carrying flax and he's schmitzin. The Omar kainam pished on ayla alai. So he wasn't wearing flax; he was carrying flax. Then mutter lovayish va'aser l'tan because those are the circumstances surrounding his situation. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Yashikayach v'ezim tomorrow. We pick up from the top of Daf Nun Vav Amar Aleph. Same time, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody, and Afreilich and Chanukah.